Well, hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. You can go to our webpage. I usually put this plug at the end, but I thought I'd do it at the beginning. Go to our webpage. is uh, biblicalquestion.com, all one word. There you can find out more information about us. and We're always looking for ways to update our webpage, and so check back uh, regularly. You can also listen to it directly from the webpage. And you have any biblical questions, we've had a few in the past, and we will answer those later in a, in a podcast. Today I want to start off by reading a scripture. It's out of James chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is compassionate and is merciful. The title of the day is A Preacher Named Jesus. A Preacher Named Jesus. Preachers in preaching really have never been real popular with those folks who do not have any interest or have very little interest in the things of God. Our English version of the Bible, their scriptures are really clear on how the prophets were often ridiculed, rejected, persecuted, and even killed. Jesus preached. His ministry on earth stressed preaching. Early in his ministry, the message was one of repentance. However, not every ear was touched or even believed the preacher's message. The religious leaders rejected the message that Jesus preached. The more they heard the message of Christ, the more they resented him. How would our day react to Jesus in his preaching. My guess would be probably not much different. Maybe the same as the days of Christ when he actually walked on the earth. It it seems to us that perhaps we live now and not then. We think, well, the world is worse today than it was yesterday. Or even it was worse or more evil just 15 or 20 years ago. Not sure that's true one way or the other. You know, with the inventions of satellite communications and the internet, news spreads really fast. And news is more easily obtained than it once was. You can read your Bible. No matter how evil the world has been throughout time, so the time of the local preacher didn't convert anyone outside his family. I can read about the axes of evil and the history of World War II. But you see, the problem really lies with the heart of man. Whether it's the Stone Age or the Space Age, being on this side of the cross, we really have a more complete picture of Scripture and the plan that God had. And I want to focus more today on the day that we live in for just a moment here. 
Some people are, are so involved in their entertainment that the message of the cross to them is, is crazy, it's boring, it's foolish, and traditional. They want something to stir their emotions, something to make them feel good. Some people are always looking for their next fix, and they think Jesus and the church should give them that feel-good fix. They want their feelings uh, to be happy, for they get everything else from the rest of the world. If, if they go to a biblical-based congregation, and they hear a biblical preacher, more often than not, they are offended by such preaching. They resent sermons that demand obedience, repentance, and being faithful to one God. Drama seems to be more appealing as a worship service rather than a traditional biblical-based worship. In our current society, people substitute the Sunday morning worship service for a Friday or even Saturday nights, believing that Sunday morning worship is just simply old-fashioned and it's a real drag. In the book called Ashamed of the Gospel by MacArthur, he writes this, Some churches now offer their largest services on Friday or Saturday night instead of Sunday morning. These services are usually heavy on music and entertainment. Many of these services offer no preaching at all. Instead, they rely on music, skits, and other ways to convey a message. One of the few things these days is a clear, forceful preaching." End quote. If you think of just certain denominations that are the problem, or just somebody else's church, well, you probably need to really think again. Sadly, there's, there's leadership in every group, every denomination, who introduces approach to worship. A man by the last name of Rayner, he, he spoke to 350 unchurched people. These people in this survey did not go to church. They didn't know hardly anything about God. And people who became members of a congregation. So they're really young converts was kind of the catch of this uh, interview that he would do. And he wanted to know what was the greatest influence of their decision to become a part of a worship service. There were many things that these people would mention to be part of the local congregation that would attracted them. First of all, it was the doctrine that was taught, a friendliness. But the lowest percent number on this survey, one out of ten, said they were influenced by the worship style. You see, if Jesus was here on earth today, personally preaching, people probably would react pretty much the same as they did back then. Preaching demands a preacher or someone proclaiming the message. And the strength of Jesus is, uh, has him as a preacher went right along with his character. In 1 Peter 2, verse 22, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22 says, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. 
To say it plainly, Jesus practiced what he preached. Jesus was a man who had character. And the question is, what is character? Well, really, that's who you are. It's your personality, it's how, what makes you tick and think, and how you act and react to uh, the days of your life. So how important is it for us to have a character that's above and beyond those people who are not churched, not in the body of Christ? Some people would say they're not saved. But you see, if you're not of a good character, how far will your message really go? If you speak like an old drunken sailor at work, how much credibility do you have with those people who hear and see you act this way? An important part of preaching of Jesus was simply the message. The message was straight from God. The message was a vital part of his life and what he spoke. And the message is vital today that we can read in the New Testament as well. The message of Jesus was, was needed by the rich and the poor, the sick and the healthy, the educated and uneducated, basically from every walk of life. Everybody needs to hear the message. And generally, uh, the preacher always, the message that is delivered, usually demands a response. Many people call that an altar call in our day or time. But you can see Jesus, you read through the New Testament, and he's preaching, and he's, he's telling people, like right here in Matthew 4, 17, it says, He began to preach by saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is repentance? We don't talk a lot about that, it seems like. Uh, we are so heavy on so many other topics that we forget this basic one. And repentance is, is turning away from sin, a, a change of heart, hating the things that God hates, loving the things that God loves. And you say, oh, you're not supposed to use that word hate. We're supposed to love everybody. Well, in the original text, that word hate in our English Bibles really means to reject. And we are to reject sin. Again, you know, here in John chapter 8, verse 28, the Savior's message was, was one of a divine origin. And Jesus said, here I'm quoting from the New American Standard Update, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father has taught me. You see, I wonder how many sermons I've heard myself over the years, where the preacher gets up there, talks forever in a day, it seems like, and he never, ever quotes a scripture until the very end. And he just kind of throws something in at the end uh, just to say, well, look, I, I had a biblical sermon. I, I struggle with that. And it's real popular with some of the TV evangelists around the world. And pretty smiles. You know, I, I hear these sermons about how you can have your best life now. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I really want my best life for eternity with God. The Lord's message, Jesus had always a consistent message. And his message really was to seek and save the lost. His purpose was to save people from the guilt, their shame, 
the fear, the control of the condemning sin. The preaching of Jesus was filled with challenges. For example, Come to me and take my yoke upon you. Learn of, of my denial of self. Take up your cross and follow me. And those are three or four statements that Jesus would make. And Jesus preached these sermons to change people's hearts for the good. He preached the message to prepare people for the coming of eternal life where their soul will spend it far beyond you and I can understand trapped in this flesh. We're trapped in time. In eternity, there is no time. It just goes. In presenting a message, Jesus he had a message, and he had a method how he delivered that. I challenge everyone to take the time sometime this week and just read the Sermon on the Mount. You'll find that in Matthew chapter 7 and 8 and 9. And the sermon is really clear. The words are short. They're simple. They're easy to understand. He didn't use fancy words trying to impress anybody. Jesus wasn't trying to lose anybody. He wanted them to know and understand. And throughout the gospel accounts, Jesus preached. He used illustrations. He used parables. He preached to large crowds and small crowds, even to one person. Whoever would take the time to stop and listen, he would talk to. Who's not heard the parable of the sower? and his explanation of that parable and how the people reacted to the message. How many people can fall to, the, to understand what is true repentance is by hearing the story of the prodigal son? Jesus was really, really great at using visual aids. He didn't have PowerPoint like we have today. He had to use pictures and put him in people's minds. And as he's at the temple during the festival of lights, he declares to the crowd, and John, you find this in the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world. And I can just see him pointing to a, a lit torch there. Jesus even got down on the personal level of men in their hearts. We talk about the apostle of love, and John, he, he writes very beautifully. I really enjoy reading John. But how many of us realize John was a young boy and was called a son of thunder, a right along with his brother? And Jesus was very bold in his preaching. And compared to as one of the prophets here, Matthew chapter 16, how many of us today have had our feelings hurt by a statement? How many of us have thought, well, how dare that preacher tell me or call me that? Well, listen here. Put yourself in Peter's shoes here in Matthew chapter 16, verses 22 and 23. Peter took him aside, that's being Jesus, and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. And what Peter's talking about he doesn't want the, Jesus to go to Jerusalem to be killed. But notice here in verse 23, 
And Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you're not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Peter has been listening to Jesus preach several years now. And now all of a sudden Jesus is telling him he has to suffer and die as the Messiah. And Peter really doesn't like the message that's being preached. So he takes Jesus off to the side and he allows his emotions to kind of come through in this conversation. And he is rebuked by the messenger in verse 23. I, I don't think Jesus was worried about hurting feelings. He was trying to get to the point. Again, he made it very clear that the message is from God, and it's God's plan, and they're not subject to man's feelings or what mankind thinks. Satan is, always wants to change the meaning of the message, and he will play your feelings as well as mine, and simply put, we cannot allow this to happen. Trying to change the message. By what authority does man have? I was talking to a preacher several years ago, and I asked him this question. If, if he was reading his Bible and he actually read something in there that really went against the doctrine of his denomination, what would he do? And he said he wouldn't ignore the Bible, and he would do what his leadership told him because they knew better than he did. That's dangerous. That is really dangerous. The Word of God is the ultimate authority. And as a hearer of the message, we have the free will to accept it or reject it. But again, we don't have any right to change anything that God has presented in His Word. There are several types of responses that people come up. Some people accept the message. Again, others reject it while others actually resent the message. In the parable of the sower, uh, Jesus explains how people react to the gospel message. And if you want to read this parable, I would encourage you to do so. But you get the idea out of all the soils talked about, only 25% of the soil that the seed, that message, the gospel, was put on good soil. The parable is about you and me not being soil testers. Our job as Christians is to simply deliver the message. It's up to the hearer if they want to accept it or reject it. God gives them that free will. If the Holy Spirit is involved and people's hearts can be pricked, that's great. It is our job simply to scatter the seed and let the hearer accept the sermon or not. Can you imagine the thrill of hearing Jesus preach when he opens the eyes of a blind and opens the ears of a deaf person, makes cripples walk, heals lepers, and even raises people from the dead? Only to have so many people refuse to believe the message being preached. Still, Jesus kept preaching. He kept on with his message in hopes that the seed would fall on good soil. In church, folks, we really need to do the same. 
Jesus kept preaching the same message of repentance over and over again, and never given up on any opportunity that presented itself. Even as he walks from the upper room, Jesus is preaching to the apostles all the way to the garden. Many religious leaders resented the preaching of Jesus, again, just like so many do today. Just as the people in Jesus' day who claimed to be God's people and rejected the preacher and the prophets and their message, it's no different today. We have people who claim to be religious or Christian and reject the message by their actions and their lifestyles. Just as most of the leaders of the Sanhedrin, they thought that their religion was true and correct, and they tried to place their works above the message of God. Your and I works will not do anything for us. The only way that we are saved is through the blood of Christ, by His work on the cross, not ours. And there's a reason for that, so that you and I can't brag. All the credit and the glory goes to God. I was reading a, a section of Scripture in my Bible here a while back, and when someone in an assembly spoke up, and the young man, he stated that he did not agree with an interpretation. Well, the problem with the statement was, I had only read the text. I haven't given any commentary on it at all. I had not interpreted anything. I had simply just read the Bible straight off the page. We must not put our personal or worldly influences in front of the message from the greatest preacher who ever walked on this planet. The preacher Jesus never did, and we need to follow that example. I hope that we all understand that God only had one son, and he was a preacher. And what a wonderful and beautiful preacher he was, and a challenge to every walk of life, man and woman, rich or poor. And he did it with love and compassion, and he also did it when he needed to rebuke, so many preachers really need to understand what Paul tells Timothy, the role of a preacher. And most of those are not to make you feel good, but actually to, to rebuke sin, to get people to stop sinning, turn from their evil ways, and look to Christ. What a wonderful and beautiful challenge for everybody to preach just like Jesus. What an honor would it be for all of us who serve God to follow in the steps of Jesus proclaiming the good news to a lost and dying world. I hope that you'll go, you'll go and listen again to the podcast. We have other ones up and, and available. If you have questions, we welcome questions, and we will do our best to answer them. I hope that you'll seek out and find a congregation that is preaching the entire Word of God uh, straight from the book, and they're reading from the Bible. They're not just entertaining you or making you feel good. That you'll continue to listen and, and pray for us here at Biblical Question. We have a lot of listeners around the world now, 
we're grateful for them and some of them are countries that are not uh, so popular to be a Christian and we pray for the persecuted church every day here biblical question thank you and God bless you